0: I'm Derek Walker, I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and we're studying the gifts of the Spirit, uh, and today we're studying the Word of Wisdom. 1 Corinthians 12 says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And then it lists the nine gifts of the Spirit, and the first two are, for one is t- is to one is given the Word of Wisdom through the Spirit, to another the Word of Knowledge through the same Spirit. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So the the first gift, and actually the highest of the gifts, is the word of wisdom. It often goes together with the word of knowledge that we studied last time. Because wisdom and knowledge are related. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of revelation. Isaiah 11 says, The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And so there's a great emphasis on revelation there. Knowledge is facts concerning the past and the present, facts about the nature of God, facts about man, facts about existence. Knowledge, that's knowledge, but understanding is seeing how all these facts are related and fit together. It includes the understanding the the laws and principles of life, how things work, the key idea that connects together all the different facts. Um, And so understanding is higher than mere knowledge. Now, wisdom is the correct application of knowledge and understanding. It's what to do about those facts, about those principles. It's practical application. The Bible says that, if, an, if the axe is dull and one doesn't sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. Literally, wisdom is profitable to direct. And so, in other words, without wisdom, it's like your axe is very dull. And you can use a lot of effort and not achieve much but wisdom is profitable direct. Wisdom will show you exactly how to act to achieve maximum results. Someone, you see, could have a lot of knowledge but very little wisdom. They're doing and saying the wrong thing at the wrong time and they don't get the results that they could get. Without knowledge, on the other hand, wisdom has no basis to act. Part of wisdom is prudence. Now prudence is, with your knowledge and understanding, you can have the ability uh, to imagine possible future actions. If you do this, then this will happen. If you do that, that will happen. So prudence is able to see that and then choose the best course of action. And that's an aspect of wisdom. So wisdom is practical application, using the knowledge and understanding correctly. And a big part of wisdom, of course, is timing. Now the word of wisdom therefore is revelation uh, directing you as to God's plan and purpose for your life, the best way to do things, to fulfill God's plan. Often prophecy is thought of as something that is predictive and directive, but actually the simple gift of prophecy is neither. It says, he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. It's just an an inspired word that that will lift people and help people. Um, Prophecy by itself is simply speaking forth by inspiration from God. But if there's revelation of the future or direction in that prophecy, then that's a word of wisdom coming as part of that prophecy. It's a bit like sugar and milk in tea. The tea itself is like the prophecy, but it may contain the added ingredient of sugar, of a, of a word of wisdom. And so there's the wisdom of the world, but that's foolishness to God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's, it, wisdom begins when you come to God and submit to God and his word, and then he shows you his wisdom. And so there is general wisdom from the word of God, that gives you wisdom for life. Joshua 1:8 says if you're meditating God's word so that you that will give you wisdom so that you can observe to do what's written in it, then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. you will learn to deal wisely in the affairs of life and that's the general wisdom that you get from the Word of God. but as well as that, God will give special wisdom concerning what to do in the different situations of life. And that wisdom is available through the prayer of faith. James 1.5 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who will give it to him liberally and without reproach. And so there is wisdom that you can receive for your own life through prayer from God. So there's the general wisdom from the word of God. You can also pray for wisdom if you're in a particular challenging situation, and God will, will, will illuminate to you what you should do. But this isn't the gift of wisdom, this isn't the word of wisdom, which is more supernatural than that. You see, the word of wisdom is under the uh, direction of the Holy Spirit. You, you cannot initiate. But the kind of gener- the wisdom you can receive through prayer, you initiate that. But the word of wisdom is something more supernatural initiated by God. Um, It's a supernatural impartation of God's own wisdom that you could never attain by normal means. Um, Again, it's different from just being illuminated by the Holy Spirit to show you the best thing to do in the situation. The word of wisdom, which is usually to minister to others rather than for your own needs, is a supernatural revelation that um, is beyond human knowledge or ability. It's a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God's plan and purpose. It is directive and usually based on a revelation of the future because only God knows the future. And so special times God will reveal the future in order to give you wisdom for the present so you know what to do now in this situation. And so when there's a revelation of the future that goes beyond normal uh, wisdom that we get through the Word of God or through prayer. This is a supernatural gift of wisdom that reveals the future in a way that we could never guess and then that guides us how we should act now. It's the highest gift because nothing is higher than a revelation of God's plan and purpose for your life into the future. It's directive because again it reveals God's purpose for someone's life. What God wants them to do. But of course, it's also a very dangerous gift because when people start predicting things over you uh, and they're wrong, that can do a lot of damage. So you you have to always test any prediction or direction that comes through a prophecy. That's, that's a word of wisdom, but again, if it doesn't agree with your inner wit- witness of what God's showing you, then put it to one side. Now, it doesn't necessarily contain a prediction of the future, but uh, often it does. But a word of wisdom is always directive. It always will tell you what you are to do. Um, You know, our own wisdom, even our wisdom from the Bible, And even if we, uh, you know, is limited, because we don't know all the facts, we don't know the future. So there are times when we need a word of wisdom to guide our actions. God knows the future. He's in the future. And so he can reveal a portion of the future to us supernaturally. A lot of the Bible is through a word of wisdom. In fact, all predictive prophecy in the Bible, that's about a third of the Bible, comes through a word of wisdom and it, does, it authenticates the Bible as the Word of God, because only God knows the future. And secondly, it gives wisdom for our life now. Because God reveals what's going to happen in the future, the judgments that's going to happen, the second coming of Christ, all the future things that are going to happen in eternity, that actually gives us wisdom to live our life now. It, it causes us to affect, control our priorities, based on this revelation of the future. So revelation of the future, especially in the Bible, through the word of wisdom, actually guides us in our life today, our priorities. All right, and so all prediction is the word of wisdom. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll guide you into all truth, and it says he will tell you things to come. And so a word of wisdom might give direction without any revelation of the future. Secondly, it might give a revelation of the future and then some corresponding direction, what you should do now. It might give a revelation of the future and then just leave it up to the person to to walk in the light of that. Okay, so for example, in Acts chapter 11, We read, Agabus, a prophet, stood up and showed by the Spirit there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. That's a word of wisdom. It just revealed the future. Then the disciples, of course, the action they took corresponded to that. It gave them the wisdom they needed. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So you see how that word of wisdom led to action. In Acts 21, we see Agabus again. A certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he came to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and foot, And said, thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. You see, Paul is on the journey to Jerusalem. And Paul is saying the owner of this belt is going to be persecuted and imprisoned. Now, if that that was me, I would perhaps say, well, who wants to buy my belt? Because the owner of this belt is going to get persecuted. But notice, he didn't tell Paul not to go to Jerusalem. He simply revealed what was going to happen in the future, that Paul would would go to Jerusalem and be bound. Was that to tell Paul not to go to Jerusalem? No, because Paul knew in his spirit he was meant to go to Jerusalem but that was given to prepare him for the trouble that was ahead. So sometimes when we're heading into trouble, God will prepare us with that word of wisdom to help Paul prepare him for that. So notice it didn't tell to give Paul direction directly. It just revealed the future so Paul could be prepared for that. Verse 12, now when we heard these things, both we and those from the from that place pleaded with him not to go to Jerusalem then Paul answered what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart for I'm ready not only to be bound but to die in Jerusalem for the sake of the Lord Jesus and so they interpreted it as a warning not to go but Paul said no he knew by the leading of God in his spirit which is always the highest thing don't depend on gifts to be guided but the gifts can can, can confirm what God is showing you and uh, or stimulate, if you're not listening to God, it, God can remind you of what he's already shown you in his spirit. And so when he wouldn't be persuaded, we ceased saying the will of the Lord be done. So Paul is saying, it's the will of God that I go to Jerusalem. This uh, is just confirming that and preparing me for that. And then they accept what Paul says, and that the word of wisdom is a revelation of God's will for Paul, that he is meant to go and suffer that persecution. So they said, the will of God be done. In Genesis 18, the Lord revealed to Abraham that he was going to investigate Sodom and Gomorrah, and if he finds that they are evil, as the reports that come to him say, then he will act in judgment. So God says, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? That the outcry against Sodom, and Gomorrah, is great, and their sin is very grave, and I'll go down now and see if that's true. And so, by a word of wisdom, actually, God is revealing to Abraham what He plans to do. Why did He do that? Because that now will cause Abraham that that wisdom of God, that revelation of God's plan, causes Abraham to intercede for Lot, for the righteous in that city, for their salvation, and that's important. So if God reveals the future to you, or his plan for the future, that is for you to to, plan, to prepare, to pray, to adjust yourself to that revelation. The future, this future aspect of wisdom, the revelation of the future, is called mysteries. Because the future is a mystery that only God knows. And sometimes God chooses to reveal mysteries. 1 Corinthians 13.2 says, Though I've got the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries. You see, that's the word of wisdom. Um, But I have not love, I'm nothing. And actually, praying in tongues helps you, you to open up to receive God's mysteries. Because it says, He who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. And so praying in tongues will open you up to the Word of Wisdom. Word of Knowledge and Word of Wisdom work together, again, in the seven letters to the churches in Revelation 2 and 3. Because first by a Word of Knowledge, Jesus reveals the state of the church, and then he gives them direction as to what they should do about it. That's the Word of Wisdom. We saw last time in Acts chapter 9, that Ananias, uh, God spoke to him in a vision. And uh, told him to go to the street called Straight, to the house of Judas, where Saul of Tarsus was, for behold he is praying. So that's a word of knowledge, first of all, that Saul was at such and such an address. But it was also there a word of wisdom, because that he was directing Ananias to go to that address, because God wanted to use him there. So God could lead you through a word of wisdom where to go. In the vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and praying for him for his sight. And that's a word of knowledge. And then Ananias complains and says he's he's a great persecutor of the church. But then the Lord says to him, Go, for he's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel, for I'll show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And that's a word of wisdom. And in fact, whenever God gives a commission someone to a ministry or a word that reveals the ministry they are to have. You are to go and preach the gospel or whatever your calling and commissioning would be. That would be a word of wisdom that reveals. And here, Paul's ministry is revealed through a word of wisdom. Noah, God told him, there's a flood coming. Go build an ark. That's a word of wisdom. A revelation of the future with direction as to what to do about it. Dreams that reveal the future, like Joseph's dreams, that's words of wisdom. Uh, At the burning bush, Moses is told to go and deliver his people and God will go with him. That's a word of wisdom. The messianic prophecies, Daniel's prophecies of the future, anything concerning the future, that's a word of wisdom. When God told Moses, go make a tabernacle for me, and uh, I've anointed certain people to do that. That's a word of wisdom, that's direction for what they should do in the future. Sometimes these words of wisdom of the future are conditional. The end result depends how the people respond. The word of wisdom is really a revelation of what will happen if they don't change. And so no, Jonah was told to go to Nineveh you know, and tell them destruction is coming upon them. And When they actually repented, then God relented. So, that word of wisdom didn't come to pass, but it was true because that's what would happen if they didn't, if nothing would have changed. Something similar happened with King Hezekiah in 2 Kings 21. God told Isaiah to go and say to him, Go set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. In other words, if if you don't change, you're going to die. And then Hezekiah, hits, hits the, the, he prays earnestly and God hear, and repents and God hears his prayer and God turns Isaiah around and Isaiah then says, I will give you another 15 years. So again, it was a word of wisdom concerning the future of what would happen, but it was conditional in, those, in that case. Sometimes words of wisdom are not conditional. It's too late to change that future outcome. God told Samuel, even when he was a young boy, that he was going to cause uh, the house of Eli to fall because of the behavior of his sons. Jehoshaphat, in 2 Chronicles 20, was given a word of wisdom. That's when they come under a great attack, and Jehoshaphat seeks the Lord, and in response, a prophet speaks, the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel. In the midst of the assembly, it says, And this is the prophecy. Listen, all of Judah and you, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. What a word of wisdom. He says, you won't have to fight. You need to go to this location. That's where they're coming, but God will fight for you. And so the whole thing is a word of wisdom. And then Jehoshaphat obeyed that. He went out. He didn't prepare for battle, but he sent the choir ahead and it all came to pass. Jesus' prophecies were words of wisdom. One time in Luke 21, he predicted the destruction of Jerusalem that would happen in AD 70, that Jerusalem would be surrounded by armies, and then the believers should flee to the mountains, because judgment was gonna come down, and Jerusalem will be destroyed and trampled down by the Gentiles. And, and this was a word of wisdom because it was a prediction of the future, what would happen, but it also gave wisdom to the believers to, to escape. He said, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then flee to the mountains. In other words, it gave them wisdom, what to do to avoid this calamity. And when Rome, the, Jerusalem was surrounded by the armies, that's exactly what they did. They fled to Petra, because the Roman armies withdrew for a short time, allowing them to flee. But then they came back and destroyed army. So here we see the word of wisdom working, giving them the wisdom that they needed, the direction to escape the judgment. The words of wisdom can come through an angel, through through a vision, as with Daniel, uh, through dreams, as with Joseph, through an audible voice, as with Moses, or through a revelation in the heart. Jesus operated in words of wisdom. He predicted Peter's denial and restoration didn't he he said that the sheep would be scattered when he died but he would be raised again and he would meet them in in Galilee and then peter says no way i'll never i'll never let you down lord and jesus said to him assuredly i say to you tonight that before the rooster crows you will deny me 3 times and that that came past that was a word of wisdom and uh Jesus actually shows one of the key uses of the word of wisdom to give direction for evangelism. You know, in Luke 5, um, he told Peter to let down his nets for a catch, and when he obeyed, they caught a huge catch of fish. And that was a word of wisdom. That was saying, This is where you should put down the nets, you'll get a big catch. And this is a pick, then he said, From now on, you will catch men. In other words, this picture applies to evangelism. So one big use of the word of wisdom is God's supernatural gu- guidance to show you where to fish, where to share the gospel to get a maximum harvest. And We see that happen in Acts 8, for example, where the angel of the Lord tells Philip to go to the south along the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. That seemed the most unlikely place to go to do evangelism. But as he went, behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, um, camp, who had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning, and he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. That's the word of wisdom. And the, Philip ran, heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and he then led him to the Lord. And so he was directed by a word of wisdom. Again, God's perfect timing to meet this man who would then take the gospel back to Ethiopia. We saw that again. At the Gentile Pentecost, God gave a word of wisdom, didn't he, to uh, Peter. Um, he, He revealed to him that he was to, basically in the vision in Acts 10, not to reject the Gentiles as unclean because God has made them clean, and he could eat with the Gentiles because God has also cleansed the foods that were unclean. And as a result, he was go to the Gentiles to preach the gospel. Normally, Peter wouldn't have gone anywhere close as, as, a, as a Jew. But God gave him a word of wisdom. Go there, because there's going to be a great harvest of souls. And that's where the gospel came to the Gentiles. Um, and so, go where the fish are ready. And then in Acts 16 we see a similar kind of thing, because Paul was trying to preach the, the word in Asia, in Ephesus, but it says the Holy Spirit forbid them to preach in Asia. And then they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit didn't permit them. And so they went to the port of Troas, and in a vision um, appeared to Paul in the night a man of Macedonia, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And immediately... That's a word of wisdom, you see. He was guided to go to Macedonia, to Europe, to preach the gospel. And that's where the gospel went into Europe. And so that was, that was a revival that took place there. And so timing was essential. Later on, the Holy Spirit led him to Asia, to Ephesus. But right at that moment, God's plan was Paul went to Asia. And so he guided him through a word of wisdom. Not to go there, not to go there but to go straight ahead into Europe. We see finally a a word of wisdom take place um, when uh, Jesus told them to go and get a donkey for the triumphal entry. Uh, He says, if you go to this village, such and such a place, you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And when you're asked about it, you just say, the Lord has need of them. Now, if you try that normally, that's not going to work. Oh, the Lord has need of your car. People aren't going to go with that. But he knew that that would be released. And so he, that was a word of wisdom that that would take place. And then there's a wonderful word of wisdom in Acts 27 when Paul says this, this, this voyage is going to end in disaster. Uh, and they didn't listen to him. But then he revealed later that he was going to save all their lives. The only thing is they had to stay with the ship. They mustn't abandon the ship. Then they will run aground on a certain island. And then when the sailors were trying to get off the ship, he said, don't let them, the soldiers You must stop them, otherwise, you will die because God had revealed in a word of wisdom they must stay with the ship. And by obeying this word of wisdom, they did eventually run aground and every life was saved. So, the word of wisdom will save many lives. And so, it's the highest gift. It reveals God's plan and purpose for our life. Amen. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 37 qh You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk where you can also make a donation to our ministry or contact us on 01865... Five one five zero eight six.